Hello, and welcome to episode number 144 of the Nerd Pro Quo Podcast. This is part two of our massive uh, old school uh, original co-hosts with uh, Justin Wu and Angelo Dato Genero. Oh, wow. I just completely mangled your name. I apologize, Angelo. Your last name. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's because it's a Sunday and I've been out all day and I'm very tired, but let's not get into that. Anyway, the plugs. Uh, every Friday night is Living Room Comedy Show. That is still happening every Friday night at 8 p.m. at the Postmark Cafe, 6th Street, 24th and 5th in Park Solo, Brooklyn. That is free. Also, Sunday Open Mic at Bower Poetry Club with Mason Granger is still happening. That, I believe, is a $10 cover. It's at 8.30 every Sunday night at the Bower Poetry Club, 308 Bowery. What else do we got? Uh, I believe it might oh, it might be done with now, but you can do better on True TV with Abby Crutchfield and Matt Lackowitz uh, being the co-host of that. That is also every Tuesday at 10.30 p.m. I think that is still going. I'm pretty sure that is still going. And some more podcasts are coming up. Some more things are coming up. Some more events are coming up. Things are happening. Uh, I know I say that all the time, and then stuff doesn't actually go up uh, on the YouTube channel or anything like that, but I promise you things are happening, good things, new episodes are happening, guests are, are happening, uh, yeah. But in the meantime, episode, this is a really long episode, so we'll just get a hop, not, uh, hop, hop right into it and have this short intro. Alrighty, episode number 144, keep checking uh, at NerdFoquo on Twitter for the updates. And I believe that is it. Yep. Talking about politics and social justice and games, uh, have you heard about the new South Park thing? Yes, I've heard a lot about the development of it. Not, not any, not any execution things yet. Okay, so here's um, here's the deal, um, and I'm gonna choose my words here um, very carefully, right? Um, because it's important. Um. The new South Park game, South Park the Fractured Butthole. Yes. Right? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Is that the actual title? Yeah, South yeah. Park the Fractured Butthole. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, has um, added a gameplay feature um, in which it asks you to choose your difficulty. Okay. Right? Uh, this is important. It asks you to choose your difficulty, um, and then based on that difficulty, assigns your character a race. Ooh. So, if you are playing on difficult, it makes you black. Um, they, they flat out say, this doesn't affect combat, it just affects how people speak with you, the amount of money you can make, and basically every other aspect of your life. Um, and it does, in fact... Uh, affect the way that NPCs interact with you and the amount of money you can make during the game. Oh, this is this is this is one of those examples of of misguided satire. <laughs> um, uh, I, I I and I completely under I like. I'm going to encourage you to say more, but I was like, oh, I get what they were going for. That's still not a good idea. The, the only way you can play as a white dude is by playing on very easy. Yeah. Um, which takes most of the challenge out of the game. Yeah. Um, this is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think largely why I brought it up was because I wanted to show that it was a thing. Yes. Um, I 
don't have a lot of opinions on it right now, um, but I will say that there are opinions out there. Yes. <laughs> are they opinions <laughs> yeah. worth reading? Uh, well, some are. Uh, one person wrote a very interesting piece about how um, it is perhaps unethical to make people of color um, relive negative experiences that they already relive in their lives in a virtual world where they might be trying to escape them, which part of me agrees with, but part of me also thinks that if we're going to have a game seriously uh, tackle the issue of race, whether or not that is South Park, probably not. But like, if we're gonna have a game seriously tackle that issue, uh, wouldn't that by definition have to do that thing? Uh, yeah. L looks at Justin, Justin's looking at Facebook. Uh, I don't. I don't mean. I don't need. I. I personally don't have a huge problem with this. Anything that takes like the generally shitty audience of South Park and forces them to deal with the realities of systemic racism is generally something I'm in favor of. Well, I, I mean, I don't really have any other opinions on that. I haven't what? seen the game or followed it. I don't have any interest. Well, in South well Park. what about like this one particular argument? Like, what do you think about that? Um, I have mixed feelings about that. I understand that somebody might want to escape, but I also feel like. I would have a, I, I would have, I think not all, I think not all escapism is for everybody. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so maybe this is, this one's not yours today. I don't know. Like if I thought I was going to be deeply bothered by this, I probably wouldn't play it. I mean, I probably wasn't going to play it anyway because it's a fucking South it's Park South role Park playing game, yeah. game, but you know. <laughs> Well, I, I, as someone who actually about the pre- uh, production, I, I did not know about this particular aspect of the South Park game. Um, but, uh, but I will say it's, it's, it is, what I'll say is that, like, the, as, like, the, what, what, what are you doing? Hot Pocket fell in my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> now there's Hot Pocket on the inside of my shoe. Wow. It's been sitting there since I hit the hot pocket earlier in this podcast, which for our <laughs> listeners was like three weeks ago. <laughs> so, uh... This is the best podcast to, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to, uh... Nice break in, in, uh, in the tension. There. Yeah, things are, things are getting, like, really tense and serious. And <laughs> well, just and just hot hot pocket tension here. about racism. It's me! <laughs> Fucking hot pocket. Uh, what I will say is is a couple of things like number one it's south park and uh as far as like them trying to address these things through comedy mm -hmm. uh i mean they do have a history of trying to do it doing it in game i ugh, uh i will go back yeah <laughs> just a breath uh, okay i will go back to what I said before on this and then not say anything more about it because There's I just... There's so much hot pocket in my shoe. <laughs> There's so much in my shoe. It's huh? like your cat ate a hot pocket and hurled in my shoe. How did this happen? You know, okay. I'm not that messy of an eater. I just want to note something. It's yes. surprising that this is the issue that we're finding hardest <laughs> to talk about. So I guess I'm really happy that Justin's complete inability to eat a hot pocket... <laughs> He's here to, like, brighten the mood. Because all three of us are like, I don't know how to take this. And so meanwhile, I'm, I'm, I just want to paint, 
paint the picture for you guys. Justin is sit- standing here across from us, holding his shoe with like a quizzical look on his face, <laughs> wondering how much hot pocket filling could have possibly gotten in one shoe. There was even there was even this moment when I was eating the hot pocket where I was like I picked it up to take another bite. And I was like, weird, I thought there was more filling in here still, but I guess not. Now we know what happened. <laughs> yeah, you know what happened? It just, it all in your shoe. So. Of all the places it could go. So, so, so two things about the South Park, this thing, is when it comes to comedy and what I said was, I understand what they were going for, like mm-hmm. satirically and comedy, social commentary wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know that South Park, well, no, no, no. I will say, because the second part of that I don't think is actually true of what I was going to say. I was going to say, I don't think South Park or video game is necessarily the means to do that. I think maybe better would have been an episode, a couple episodes of South Park itself. Uh, I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with choosing games as a medium to. Like, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I said. Is that the yeah. second the second part of that I yeah. don't actually think is true. That's why I retracted that. The first part of that I don't think the South Park video game mm-hmm. is the means of which to address that, and the people behind South Park, uh, no matter who, because South Park tends to bring in people when they're addressing whatever an issue is. They tend to bring in writers. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, we're gonna be writing about this. Mm-hmm. They like, they kind of crowdsource that comedy wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I don't. I think the concept itself is a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that South a South Park game is necessarily the best way to go about it. And I think I think it's gonna be one of those things. It's like this was a really interesting idea, and I see what you were trying to do. I don't think it... I, I'm really wary. It, it's... It, yeah. I'm wary of it. Is uh, It could be great, for all we know. I it mean, like, like, that's the thing. Like, it, it's gonna be like any other thing that's done by South Park. It's either gonna, you know, suck yeah. or not. You know, like... Well, there's been some... What, some what things did you say this game was called again? South Park, The Fractured Butthole. Yeah. They're... They're... Okay. Yeah. They're... And, and, and I will say, especially, like the past couple of years there's definitely been stuff that south park has addressed that they have been brilliant at but they always in the effort to balance the kind of sophomore uh history of the show with a more social commentary thing sometimes they do it really well sometimes they they don't and the show sucks and sometimes they do a filler episode that is clearly a filler my, uh, episode my friend koshi actually had probably the best tweet about this uh, i mean not about this issue in particular but about south park uh, he said i feel like i i feel like i stopped caring about south park when i realized i felt ways about things so, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know like I, I just brought it up because you know we were we were doing our sjw thing yeah, yeah, talked yeah, about, yeah. you know uh politics and games and i feel like um i, I am less outwardly ranty about this which means that this is probably the least entertaining part of your podcast (laughs) um i think it could be good um and i think that the people who are automatically saying that it won't be good because it's associated with south park um i mean like i i I love jerking off death of the author author you know 
So, like, I think that they should probably at least see where it goes with the stipulation that it might suck. Yeah. Um, but speaking I of think cartoons, that maybe. there's. Uh, let me say this, and then I will let you get to your brilliant transition. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, but I think that um, the fact that this has already made news is yeah. a valuable thing. You know? Yeah. Like um, like even before the game comes out, this news item is something that is putting white privilege smack in people's faces about one of the most well known video game developers and one of the most yeah, who's developing well, it? Ubisoft. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Um, they they uh, uh, like have like hearing interviews with like uh, with Trey Parker about mm-hmm. it is uh, they actually put a lot of work into making the game like making it a good game. So it, who, I will actually who say, knows like, say this like there there are definitely problematic parts of the first South Park game. Um, in terms of mechanics, it was a damn fun game. I heard that. Yeah. yeah. Stick uh, of truth, right? Yeah, stick of truth. Uh, and um, I mean, like, as far as I've seen in terms of mechanics, this is going to be a damn fun game too. Uh, and for the record, just to be real here, they let you play as male, female, trans, or cis, any race. You know, all the races tied to your difficulty. You know, and there are a lot of games that don't do that. You yeah. know, which is, I you know, I guess what I'm saying is that I hope. Now we could say, hey, South Park did this, you know, maybe Bioware, you know, maybe allow us to create Asian characters without eyeballs overlapping their foreheads. If, you, if, you, <laughs> if you'll forgive the pun, and I apologize, mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't go south. Because it, if, mm-hmm. if it works, no, no, if it, if it works, and, and it's, describe what's happening. If uh, it's, right now he's uh, uh, beating Jamie over the head with a rainbow snake. Yeah. Uh, if it, this is the gayest thing I've done today, and I do gay like Yeah, when he said he's beating me over the head with the rainbow snake, he's not hitting me with his dick. I just want to... Oh, he's not? Me. <laughs> I, I just well, well figuratively, maybe he is. Anyway, but, but, I want to hear Justin's amazing transition right well, now. I was going to say, speaking of of stuff that makes you feel things mm-hmm. from Jack Horseman. Oh, oh Jesus yeah. Christ. Okay. I have not watched the new season uh, yet. I yeah, don't only watched care about two. spoilers. Okay. I've only seen the first two episodes, but you can go ahead with spoilers because honestly, knowing that you're going to be stabbed doesn't make it any better or worse. You still get stabbed. So I will say it does uh, so many parts of it. It <laughs> this is not an... <laughs> poor Justin. When you watch more, what I'm about to say is not going to make you want to watch it more. Okay. It does, in a lot of ways, get worse. But I will say, to a certain extent, uh, as a sort of spoiler, I won't tell you the specifics, because his, his, who might be his daughter has showed up, right? Already? I've heard something about that. That, that was the end of last season, right? Like, where there was, like, that daughter thing. Daughter... Bojack, something there's a happened in the this the end of the last season. I think yeah yeah yeah. So she hasn't shown up yet. Not in the not in, in the, the new season. season. Okay. Uh, there's a uh, a girl who, who may or may not be his daughter. I won't spoil whether or not she really is his daughter. Uh, there's a lot of fucked up dark things that happen. So it does get. I mean, a lot darker. It's Bojack Horseman. Yeah, it's Bojack Horseman. But I will say, almost un—I will say, kind of unlike the previous seasons, this it this season does end 
on a... Even though Bojack has done this before, I think it's a progression of his character that where he attempts to do the right thing and then because he's not a good person, fundamentally, he mm -hmm. fails. I will say that this actually ends up on him in the end, like without... I'm spoiling it in like a very general sense. You can spoil this. I, again, yeah. it doesn't... Well, you haven't seen enough of the episodes where there's stuff that I could... Because there's stuff that happens later oh. that like this would... That would I... If I gave you any specifics that it would spoil, but because you haven't watched them, there's nothing to mm -hmm. spoil yet, is I will say that the season ends on a... Oh! It ends on a sort of hopeful note. Mm. And also, it's like... Here, here are the characters, especially Bojack, trying to do the right thing for a good chunk of the season, completely failing because he's a deeply flawed, like, mm. just fucked up person, and so are, you know, almost all of the other characters, maybe even all of the other characters, mm -hmm. but I will say for Princess Carolyn and Bojack Horseman, mm -hmm. like, separate arcs, it ends on a kind of, like, Oh, he tried to do the right thing. He fucked it up a lot and majorly, but there is a for at least for if, from what I remember for Bojack and for Princess Carolyn separate in separate stories, a kind of like a small victory. It's like, oh, you actually you did something right. Okay. Uh, it's tiny, and it's after all. There's so much darkness that happens. Yeah. With all of the characters. But I feel like unlike, you know, last season, it kind of ends on like a, you still have that, the existential dread and all of that is still there, but it ends on this kind of like, like, and it is like a, a character, like progression where it's just like, here's this micro, this small, uh, progression for the characters. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just have to sit through a lot yeah. of yeah. darkness. And it's still... As someone who has a super dark sense of humor, there's so much in there that's funny to me. Oh, yeah. No, it's funny, but, like, it is constantly... It chases those animal jokes and, like, great puns and, like, really clever whatever the shit. Like, with incredible, incredible darkness. Like, it is, like... For, for a fucking show with anthropomorphic animals, it is the most depressing thing I've ever seen. There's so much on that show, and I think we might have discussed this about previous seasons, that if you, aside from the animal jokes and some of like the absurd like physical stuff, yeah. that you, like ridiculousness that, have, that you could only get away with in an animated show, there's a lot of stuff on the show that if it was live action and you just had the act... Literally, the yeah, actors are playing. Yeah, Dad and Paul F. Tompkins. And, yeah. yeah, dude, that the show would be almost exactly the same. Yeah. Like if you, it, like it would also. I think it would also be unwatchable. It would be the, yes. The, the amount of distance that we have, I think, like What's watching that? Will Arnett make an incredibly inappropriate pass at his like high school girlfriend's daughter. Yeah. Is like that haunted me for weeks, and that was. Yeah animated if it was real i don't think i could have kept watching. i don't think you could have watched it yeah it's there's something about uh and we might have discussed this before but i've definitely discussed this about animation is and it's one of the things that makes bojack horseman and also to a certain extent uh, rick and morty uh oh we're gonna talk about rick and morty yeah we can only talk about it so much because i wanted to wait until the season and to kind of talk about it fuck we can we can discuss it <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's fair. Uh, but because in animation, uh, 
remember writing a paper about this in college, actually, is uh, there's a, a disconnect between the signifier and the signified mm -hmm. in animation. Yeah. That there's a distance there that, that, that makes so many things, like you said, that if you watched in live act action would be completely unacceptable. Yeah. But because you're watching an animated character, yeah. there's a, deta a detach that your brain does. And so many, that's what makes a show like Bojack Horseman, like Rick and Morty, can be so amazing and go so dark, so much darker and still be watchable than like a live action show. Because a lot of live action comedies, and there are movies that are like this too. There are a couple of movies that I love that are super dark black comedies that other people, and I understand this completely, are like, that's completely unwatchable. Or it's just like, that's just horrible people doing horrible things. Like I which, can't watch Which that. movies in case? My go-to example, always, is Very Bad Things. I think I watched that with you. Yeah. Yeah. Very Bad Things, uh, and I completely, anyone who, if you watch the first five, ten minutes of no, that movie. No, I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. 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 And you, well, just as an, like, if you watch the first five, ten minutes of that, and you just go, this, these are horrible people, I can't watch this. I go, I completely under. Yeah. understand yeah uh if you get through the uh what i the example i always give is if you can get past jeremy piven accidentally killing the hooker and still think the movie is funny then you you have a good chance of being able to watch the rest of the film well you know what's interesting like i watch it i didn't think it was funny but i didn't i didn't like it but, like, I wanted to know what happened. Like, yeah. I, ha I felt this intense desire to know. Yeah. Like, it was like watching a car crash. Like, you, you know you're probably, there's a chance you're going to see, like, someone's severed head. But, yeah. But, like, you stop and you look at it anyway because that's just what people do. Yeah. And, like, yeah, that's the way I felt. And that, and that movie and just kind of, keeps going. Yeah, no, yeah. And it, and it and gets more absurdly dark as it goes. Yeah, it, and I say absurd because that's really what it is. It gets yeah. absurdly dark, but that it, movie. It does, and but it kind of emphasis on the absurdly because it never... It doesn't drain me of hope and the will to live the way that, like, other movies have. Like, when I didn't kind of get Burn After Reading the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is so depressing. That's also because, like, the Coen brothers made you care about those characters. Yeah, in a yeah, way yeah. That lesser filmmakers would not. And the and I think it was Favreau who directed Very Bad Things. No, it was it was uh, uh, Paul Berg. Okay. Who was known for making really dark shit. Yeah. It's and kind like, of his wheelhouse. Because the instigating event of the movie is, like, murdering somebody by accident. Yeah. Like, that immediately kind of writes all those guys off from me caring about them. Yeah. Um, there's no Francis McDormand character like in Burn yeah. After Reading where I'm like, yeah, you're doing nobody, sketchy things, nobody you're is, not a bad person. Nobody is a good... And what... There are a couple things uh, people in that movie that... Uh, number one, the very end of that movie I think is hysterical. If only because there's just something about them all in that yard yeah. and how messed up it is and just... Uh, Oh my god. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz just kind of flipping, shit flipping it out and then just like just her in the middle of the road just kind of yeah. just something just absurd like the level of dark that it goes to and it is absurd and that I think that's what makes it funny. Uh, also just Christian Slater is so truly evil 
Yeah. In that movie. Like, and it's not like, and no one's a good person no. in that. Uh, there are a couple, like, John Favreau's character kind of tries, and he, even he's a horrible person, like a horribly selfish person, to an absurd level. Yeah. But Christian Slater in that movie is just evil. Yeah. And it's it's just rare to, like, outside of, like, a, and not even, like, a comic book villain, but he's just fucking evil yeah in that movie. but like i never feel sad about what happens to any of the characters like not yeah. the way that i feel sad for bojack yeah Do you no know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah 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 it's that. like god damn it bojack if you had never been famous you probably would be a much better person you would have been able to make better choices yeah and like maybe had maybe been able to be forced into a situation where you like confronted the bad things that happened to you and what that meant and maybe you would have had like a nice life somewhere you know, but no, you went to Hollywood. What, and you can't what, leave. what I will say also is that when you see uh, his mom, more about his mom's story, mm-hmm. is the same thing happens. You're like, yeah, I saw that second episode about his grandma or something. Like that. It, there's more cool. about that where it's it just it's is not only do you is she also a horrible person, but you also feel sad for her as well, yeah. and you see that. The way Bojack is and, like, his flaws and, like, what you were saying, like, if he was never famous, you see that that is symptomatic. It goes back generations in his family. His mother was like that. His mother's father was, like, it's, it's, yeah. you see that that, like, You know, I saw a, that episode where they, like, put the house back together and then knock it down. And that was another thing that's so interesting. Like, it plays with narrative structure in such an interesting way. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a cartoon stage like that before. Yeah. The way it was staged... Um, the Princess Carolyn episode that is supposedly... I won't tell you what the twist is, because there is a twist at the end, where uh, a descendant in the far future is telling, this was my great... Princess Carolyn, this is mm-hmm. my a grandmother's... Let me tell you a story of one of her days. Mm-hmm. Uh... There's a and that's like the narrative device mm-hmm. that you've seen in the show before, like mm-hmm. The Simpsons or something like that. And then where it ends, you're just like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but it's just because like, they reverse it. It's just cool. <laughs> See, and, and I think that's one of the things that's really interesting because they narrative structure was pretty standard. It was like the the two plots, no waiting narrative structure of Archer was kind of how they did the yeah, first yeah. three seasons of BoJack. Um, now what you're seeing instead is uh, with, with that is that like they're beginning to experiment more because they're a hit and they can kind yeah. of get away with shit. Well, it's like the the underwater episode yeah. from last season, yeah. which is just fucking amazing. Yeah, and so you're seeing like BoJack's history here and how he got to be the way he is, and then oh, you know, you're you're, you're seeing this past and this history of about trauma. In relation to his neighbor, and you think at the end, okay, you know, they're both going to learn something, but nobody learned anything, and people yeah. don't change. And that's kind yeah, of the yeah, message. Yeah. That's sort of the message of the whole series, which is nobody learns everything, and people don't change. Uh, I And like I said, it kind of I'm kind of spoiling it, but I will... That's still the lesson, yeah. but it's... And people don't change, but what I was texting you before is, like, when you get to the end of the season, and you see the way it ends, you're like, but people and... Given all of that, there can still be small victories. And that's why I think it, this season, more than the others, ends on a hopeful note. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like... But it's even given all of that, there can be small victories. And sometimes those small victories are 
all you can hold on to. So it's kind of still like yeah, a, yeah. a sad message, yeah. but it's like a sad, hopeful, yeah. happy sad. It's happy sad. Sure. <laughs> and, and I think it's interesting like that we are seeing this like gubernatorial race in the sh- context of the show. Between oh, that whole Andre oh, that, that gets even more. And it's Andre like, Brower doing the voice acting, who yeah. has like incredible gravity and 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 in- intensity, and he's so good. Yeah, and he's so great in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He plays such a great straight man, and then having Paul F. Tompkins as Mr. Peanut Butter, like against him in this way, and it's it's so perfect because it would have been really easy for them to create like this deeply hateable Donald Trump. Esque figure, yeah. But like, we would just hate that guy, yeah. And would not. What what they're trying to do is it, what the create, show's creators are trying to do is hold up a mirror and saying like, yes, you too. This could be you. Yeah. Like this guy that you generally like, and Mr. Peanut Butter is one of the less morally compromised characters in the show. Yeah. And is more. Kind of, he was a mute. Like I'd be friends with Mr. Peanut Butter in small doses. I don't yeah. think anybody else in that show I would ever want to be around. Um, but like, so to put him in the position of being the Donald Trump analog is profound and I think really brilliant. Uh, wait till you get to the, him accidentally and then realizing he has to support fracking. Oh, really? And then says, I'll even have it done in, and then they, uh, you know, I, would you have it done in your home? And he goes, yes. And then they start fracking in his home. And then the, the house collapses <laughs> while he's having a fundraiser with a bunch of celebrities. Oh, really? And they end up being trapped underground. And Jessica Biel is one of the characters. And Zach <laughs> really? Braff is one of the characters. And the amazing thing, when you see what those two characters who essentially are like, you know, it's, it's not. Are they playing themselves? Yes. It's Jessica Biel and Zach Braff playing themselves. Because when you, I went to the credits, I was like, oh, who did their voices? I was like, holy shit, they did their own voices. Because it's so like, it's just like, wow, okay, you, Zach Braff in particular, it's just like, oh, wow, you just punched a hole in the playing exactly what everyone thinks you are <laughs> and making fun of it. Okay, Zach Braff, <laughs> all right. I think the only people who decide to play themselves on on uh, BoJack Horseman are people who have a good sense of humor about it. Well, the, what makes that fascinating is is that the, the two people who it's Jessica Biel and Zach Braff. Now, what was the joke people. with Jessica Biel? Like, what was she the- ends up being like? It's all about like the uh, the whole thing is about her being because uh, she eventually ends up in the election too. <laughs> oh uh, my god! All right, uh, and that she's actually she actually while they're trapped goes super dark. Number one has a whole thing about being super self-conscious about being a B-level celebrity. Like, there's a whole commentary about it. And there's just so much stuff that's just like, wow, you are... The fact that you are playing, you're doing the voice of you on this cartoon and letting yourself be so profoundly skewered. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think, again, it's, I think it has to do with animation. It's just like, it's just like oh, it's because it's animation. And it's like... I think if you were actually watching Jessica Biel live doing what she's doing on this show, I don't think it would still be funny, but I don't think it would be as funny as it ends up being. Fair enough. Yeah. The signifier and the uh, signifier. And I will say, as a spoiler, uh, while the darker character... Oh, man. This is why this show is so profoundly depressing. Uh, the characters who are most sad and depressing end up ending on a kind of hopeful note. And the two characters who are kind of the most hopeful 
uh, Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane end up ending on a really sad I mean, I kind of hope they get divorced because that does not seem like what I would describe so as a there is, marriage. So there is a, a point, and I don't remember whether it's the last episode, and then we can maybe go to Rick and Morty, is... Uh, Baby my ass. <laughs> is... Uh, is... Uh, so the, the the house gets destroyed. So mm-hmm. they go through all this thing where he he buys them a new house. Who does? Who uh, buys who a new house? Mister Peanut Butter. Like he gets oh. them a new house, uh, and they don't go into it right away because they've been because of the election and all that and the dis- political disagreements. Uh, you know where Mister Peanut Butter is making his affable. I just want to be liked, but I'm making a lot of really bad decisions. Uh, and so they go off on a little sweet, like, side trip. It is genuinely sweet. And then when they actually enter their home, there's, like, this secret fantasy, like, library thing, story that Diane tells him, tells Mr. Peanut Butter. And so he thinks he's being sweet. And so he actually has it built in the house for her. Because okay. he thinks he's doing something very nice for her. So he's giving her a, a house with a library. But it's this, like, ridiculous fantasy library that was, like, from Beauty and the Beast that she Ah, described when she was a kid. Sure. And she says, it was just, like, their fight ends up being him going, like, I was just trying to do this nice thing for you. And she goes, this was a fantasy that I had. This isn't supposed to, I like, I know that you're trying to be nice, but it's, like, this was mine. This is not something that needed to exist in the real world like Bob you know was like that kind of thing and she has this line where it's like everything is great you know when you look at it at the surface and then when you squint or like here are all our problems and when you squint really hard you can see it's it's, it's one of those famous like lines is just like we're adding all our problems blah, blah 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 but when you squint and you look really hard you know you can see all that is beautiful Mm. About, like our you your eyes about our relationship stupid and fucked up everything is no, 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 no. it's the how this is how stupid and fucked up everything has been mm. and then Diane makes this whole speech where she says and, but when you squint really hard you can see like the beautiful moments blah 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 and then she says and then she takes off her glasses and starts crying and she goes but I'm really tired of squinting wow <laughs> and it's like and, and, and you see like Mr. Peter Butter's normally and they've been fighting and you just see him just like his normal like Cool. And it's just like that that line of like that normal again what the show does incredibly is that kind of here's the normal where you a sitcom like where you would think this is going and then she says this beautiful thing which in a normal yeah, sitcom, that's the end of the episode that's the end of the episode that's really sweet where she says when you look really hard that's usually the moment in the sitcom and then it just say but I'm really tired of looking so hard. Yeah, and so I'm assuming they get divorced because... <laughs> they, no, they, that's that's where their arc oh, ends stops, at the oh, end. Oh. <laughs> it just stops there. Where she t- and it, Yeah, it's just that line just broke me where she says, when you squint really out, blah, 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 blah. And, then just to, and the whole time she's saying it, she has her glasses on. And then she takes her glasses off and she looks down and she starts crying and she goes, but I'm really tired of squinting. And she's I had one of those moments where I was just like, I, I had to get, I like got up out of my seat. I was like, I'm fucking done. Di- Diane is, I think, one of the best voice actors on the that show. Yeah, isn't it Alison Brie? It's Alison Brie who does Diane. Isn't I, it? Do I know Alison Brie? You do, uh, maybe. Did you watch? Is it Parks and Rec or Community that she was on? Uh, I'm gonna 
say community. I want to say community sure. too. Yeah, I didn't see community. So yeah, I mean there are, there are a lot of people on that show who aren't like. Yeah, I, I reserve the right to be completely and utterly wrong about everything on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Jamie's. Right. That's yeah, my job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah, yeah. But but again, there are so many like fantastic people, like even people who like aren't normally like voiceover people who are just fantastic on that show, mm. like Paul F. Tompkins. <laughs> As Mr. Peanut Butter is fantastic. He was a really great cast. Like, I don't know if he is a great voice actor, because he kind of just does one thing, he but does. it really works for the character. Yeah. And that's what I think is so much of that. That's why I say that, like, you could see it, like, live action, not a lot would change, mm-hmm. is you could see Amy Sedaris playing Princess Kara. <laughs> like... You could just see that, like that you yeah. could her in that that outfit, you know, just live action. Will Arnett, of course, you yeah. could fucking see. Yeah, that. and it is Allison Brie. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so many of the characters you see that, and you're that's what makes it kind of like the opposite of like a normal cartoon. It's just like so many of those characters, are like oh, you could see that person just as an actor playing that role. Yeah. So yes, that Will Arnett is, is also. By the way, I had no experience with Will Arnett before BoJack Horseman. So when I watch when I watch videos of him and he is talking, it is a very strange experience for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, I was like, "You're not a person. You're a man with a horse head." Yeah, there's a now. Every time I see, I mean, I'm a big fan of a lot of different voice actors, but there's a lot of. It's uh like if you ever watched the Simpsons inside the Actors Studio, it's. <laughs> Simpsons. It's great, but oh, it's yeah, also profoundly disquieting. Uh, when I went to the, uh, what is it? Uh, and you should watch this on Netflix if you haven't. Uh, oh my God, it's not Who Does That Voice. It's something like that. But it's uh, all the, the famous right, I voice. think it's I Know This or That Voice or something like that. I Know That Voice or yeah, something like that. Uh, where you see all the, the voice actors and it's just... When I went to the panel for that and watching Rob Paulson do like tiny, uh, not tiny, uh, oh my god, Pinky from Pinky in the Brain, and watching uh, oh, yeah. and watching uh, Billy West do like Fry and fucking like the Red M and M and fucking like all the voices, Ren and Stimpy and like. Having him do, watching him do all that is like, just, it's weird because you just have the animated thing and then when you see them do it. Uh, and of course, the, the, the best example is watching Mark Hamill do the Joker voice. Yeah. He's just, oh, oh, God. Did you see the thing? Yeah, but his whole body gets in on it. Yeah, 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 it, it like, really does. Did you see the thing where he was Donald, he read Donald Trump's tweets in the voice of the Joker? Yes. Which was kind of great. He is fantastic, by the way. Just generally, as a person, um, he is fantastic. There's another thing, not nearly as cool as that, but um, they made uh, Kevin Conroy read quotes from Batman actors' other movies. Yes! Oh my god, that was fucking great! That was wait, amazing. What, wait, what thing? What? Kevin Conroy, the guy who does the voice, who's essentially he is in my, for all intents and purposes, for me and anyone who has watched like. The, the original Batman animated series, yeah. or virtually any of the animated, any Bat- animated yeah. Batman, Batman period, including yeah. like the Batman video games, yeah. he's the voice of Batman. Yeah, uh, and the what? Yeah, he him reading lines from all of the other Batman. Yeah, oh, is he just better than everyone? Oh, he's better. Yeah, he's just better he's at everything. Great. Uh, oh, I gotta, I gotta find that because I like 
The Dark Knight had a cool script and the uh, and it was a well executed movie that could probably only be improved with the application of Kevin, Kevin Conroy. And, and the funny thing is, just someone, redub every line. And someone <laughs> threw it out to him a question whether he he was just like, would you ever consider playing a live action Batman? And he, and he went. Yes, but I would I would love to, but the only I mean he's obviously real old. Yeah, like. he's just like obviously the only Batman I could play would be old Batman from say like Batman Beyond. Do, do you know which what, would be amazing. Which would be fantastic, yeah. yeah. So, I, honestly, honestly, I think we should just skip everything and go right to like Kingdom Come Batman. Yeah. And just have him play Kingdom Come Batman. Like, tell me why that wouldn't be amazing. Yeah, it would Kingdom be amazing. Kingdom Come is one of the greatest DC stories ever told. And it's now the thing that it was so popular that they're kind of sort of retconning a lot of... They, they for a while, were kind of retconning a lot of the DC universe to kind of make that... Because that used to be an Elseworlds story, story mm-hmm. and now they... I mean, I don't know what they're doing, because they keep redoing everything well they like reboot the whole universe like every three or four years years. (laughs) and for a while they were built they were actually making the regular dc universe being like no 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 now we're gonna make that that that's where everything is going so all of our stories are going to be like tease that like oh here's all of that years before i mean kingdom come could be really great in the same way that logan as a movie is so great like yeah that's wrap up the ideas and themes of our universe in like a tiny little bow with its most popular characters and 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 say something about superhero movies that hasn't been said before in a genre format the western which hasn't really been applied to it right. and i think kingdom come would be incredible have yeah. you seen the logan black and white cut it is better. There's a Logan black and white. Really? And white yeah, cut. it's fantastic. Huh. Oh wow! Because I was, I it was genuinely better in black. Really? And white. Yeah. Okay. Is it, is, did I was skeptical, just, and that's did good someone to hear. just take the file and desaturate? No, no, no. The, no, no, no. The no, creators they made a, a yeah, black and white cut. Oh shit! Yeah. It was in theaters for a limited amount of time, and now you can find it online through wholly legal means. Can you? Can so. you? Can you like? Is do they sell it on the Blu-ray the way that they uh, sell the black and chrome version of like? Mad Max. It's yes, uh, yes. They're going. Yes, they're going yes, to, they I do. Going I definitely it. got it through that method. They're so. going to. I, well, I mean, I would get. I would. That's actually something I liked that movie enough to own it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've and actually a black heard, and white cut, special black and white cut. Yes, I've actually songs. heard that Ma- that Fury Road is is also fantastic in black. And white. I mean, that's what one of the ways they wanted to do. They were like, we're either going to do this in black and white, or we're going to totally saturate the shit out of it. And they were like, we don't know if this is going to sell if it's in black and white. So let's. Go with that really blue, really yellow cut. Like we were, and, you, and you saturating have, it with a color just makes some you, of those shots are so fucking. You good. have yeah, to have, yeah. a, have an a appreciation of like certain aspects of the films to real to really enjoy it in black and white. But like, for example, the scenes where uh, Professor X is uh, in a hideout in the silo, right? Yeah, where like beams of light can come in, you know, through oh, like through the dome and land yeah. on him. That hits you so much harder in black and white. Yeah, I would imagine than it did in color. Um, so yeah, it does it. Does the third act still kind of suck though? Oh, uh, I mean, like, I mean, I've we I've discussed this on a podcast before. It's but, visually but, impressive. It is, it, is, it is, but that movie has a huge third act problem. What was your problem with the third act? Uh it's uh, okay. This is definitely. Stuff that has been tread before on this podcast. But the short version... Sorry that we're not the cool kids. They got to tread, yeah, tread right. over Logan with you. Uh, you only hang out with us when you want to talk about video games. That's not true. You just guys rarely ever travel to Brooklyn. 
Um, yeah, well, maybe you should live closer. <laughs> like in Jersey. Yeah, to a place where the rent's affordable. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's the next. Shabby's like, hey, how about you eat all the dicks? How about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good, we're breaking him. He's not playing in the middle anymore. <laughs> um, but what I will say is there are several things that... There, uh, one most notably, and this is the problem that I have with the film in general, is like there are things that are great, and there are things that I think are profoundly stupid. Uh, X and at the center of it for me is X twenty three, fantastic. X twenty four, stupid. X twenty four, the younger clone of himself. Yeah, the younger clone. And and here and here's and to have that be. Uh, that be what kills him in the end and that whole final fight and, and having all the kids be there. I was just like, this is... You're adding too many things in the third act that don't need to be there and weaken the impact of the ending. Mm-hmm. And I said, here's how, uh, instead of X-24, because, hey, you know what X-24 is? It's the literal representation of Logan's dark side. That's what X-24 is. Mm-hmm. It is... Everything that that Logan fears and hates about himself, that's what's represented physically. And I'm sure this was when they were writing it. Sure. Let's externalize his dark side as an actual character he has to fight. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that there's already a character in the fucking movie that represents that. And that's X-23. The kid is also... A physical representation of Logan's dark side and everything he fears about himself. And what would have been a better ending, instead of him fighting a literal version of himself and having... And it's also a way that you could execute the violence, in my opinion, in a better way. Instead of having him kill everything along with X-23, is you have X-23 being berserk like she is in the movie, and the entire time... Logan is holding back because he sees himself in this little girl, which he does in the movie. Uh, and you don't need that literal younger version of himself for that. You could just have her. And the whole movie, he's restraining himself. He's restraining himself, trying to be a better, you know. And he sees the, the dark side of himself reflected in this girl. And the one time in the movie that you see him let loose because he's dying also, is in the end when he's trying to protect her. And instead of being defeated by a younger version of himself, he's still fighting all those soldier dudes. But because he's dying anyway, that last, like, I'm finally letting go is what kills him. And he can also kind of be, he gets a victory that way, is that, oh, the one time that I'm letting go is the time when I'm most needed to do that. Like, just character-wise, for everything for him as a character, I think that would have been a better decision of a way for him to die. Hmm. Instead, I, I, you have him injecting him with this thing. It's like, all of that is unnecessary. I mean, uh, okay, so... I like, don't know if I agree with that. But yeah, that's like, okay. Like, you don't have yeah, to. Like, 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 here's the thing. You tried it over this before. I'm also not sure that I agree, but I also didn't like Acts 24. I told Justin this. It felt like... There were a lot of movies crammed into one movie, and I still loved it. Yeah. You know? Um, I think the movie could have done without X-24, but they needed another credible villain. Yeah. Uh, I actually think it would have been cool if the eventual 
threat ended up being Professor X. You know, like there's a lot. The there's end. also a lot of stuff that they um, teased, like the whole Professor X thing. That like, yeah. if you're gonna t if you're gonna set up that this is kind of a separate universe, can you commit to it being a separate universe? Because there's so many things where they tease about the older stuff. Like, mm -hmm. that's a problem I had with it, too. And, and don't, don't get me wrong. I don't get the sense that it was a separate universe. Like, I mean, there's a Jean Grey that's very strongly implied. And that when he, like, that this is, like, and in alternate years and in, after, in, like. Yeah. And in alternate cuts, like, that's the thing. I was just like. This is, like, 25 or 30 years after, like, X2. I got the impression. I got that impression, too. But I, I also got the impression that's the thing. I feel like there's a couple different movies happening, and I think there's one movie that they could have chosen to do yeah, that like the, would have been a better film. What, Don't get me wrong. I actually came around. I had a lot of... What I came to at the end of it, like, you know, bowing back and forth, because I had a lot of mixed feelings about it, is I actually do think it's a great movie mm -hmm. for this reason and this reason only. Any movie that can provoke that many strong because there was a lot of strong feelings about it negative yeah. positive there were a lot of people who responded to there are parts of it that i responded to very emotionally mm -hmm. there are people who are uh that i read about who are military people that say that there's parallels between logan and people who have served military terms and how they really were deeply moved and it's like, like i can deploy all this killing force like but and that, like, he, he is to. emblematic of someone who is suffering from PTSD, PTSD, mm. and just, like, so there were, I've read about a lot of military guys who saw the movie and just came out of it bawling because they were, they had that react, and I was just, like, however I think maybe the flaws of it were, yeah. I think, fundamentally, it's a great movie because any movie that can provoke either that strong negative or positive movie, I mean, negative, you could argue that a terrible movie could also provoke a lot of negative reactions. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, like, the level of emotional reactions that, and the, the, the difference yeah, yeah. of different people having different emotional reactions to it is, is, in the end, I think, what makes it a great movie. However I'm much I might, the plot things gotcha. and the problems I have with the third act that I really do have, I still think it's an amazing movie. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that, I, that wasn't addressed that bothered me that it wasn't addressed was the fact that, like, there was no reason why they should have stopped at that farmhouse with that family, knowing that they were being pursued by the kinds of people they were being pursued by. Oh, oh, oh my god, okay, that was the other thing that I, I completely forgot about that, sorry, uh, that pissed me off so much about it is, number one, you have, uh, what's his name from ER, who I didn't even realize it was him. Who's that? Like the father in that oh movie. shit! That is that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm drawing a blank on his name right yeah, now. Yeah, no, I know exactly you're talking about. It'll come I love me. that character in ER though. Wow! Yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucking guy. And number one, wow, a complete waste of that actor. Number two, number uh, number one, number two, the only black characters in the entire movie, and you just brutally murder them. All three for, of them. All three Every of them. For one. no fucking good reason, like. Yeah, that pissed, that, like, immediately after that scene, I was like, was that really necessary? Like, and, and that's your introduction to that extra, uh, I was just like, that was, it didn't ruin the movie for me, but it was definitely, like, a movie, even seen in the theater, I was just like, really? That's what your choice was? That's, uh, that seemed pointless and gratuitous. The, the, the comparison that I read, the analysis of the movie, uh, that I saw that, that tried to make sense of that choice 
was um, paralleling Logan in the movie Shane, which actually yeah, no, 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 I, I, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I read that too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was the choice, but I think like if they thought they all they needed to do was find some way to convince Professor X and Logan that the threat was gone and they could take a breath and then be like, oh shit, no, you can't. Eric LaSalle. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that would have bothered me. No, that's fine. Um, they All they needed to do was, was give them a credible reason to think that no one was on their tail for like a couple of hours. Yeah. Or hurt Logan so fucking bad that like he needed to stop and rest. Or hurt yeah. Professor X so bad he needed to stop and rest. Yeah. Like, no, 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 we'll be going, we'll be going. It's like, this guy will die if you move him. You can't move him. Like, I yeah. don't really trust you or like you, but I'm not going to kill this guy. I'm not going to sentence this guy to death because I don't like you. Stay in my farmhouse for the night. Yeah. And we can take you to the doctor in the morning. And then kill everyone. Like, But, but I also think that I, I get why they're there. It's kind of... it's That whole scene is for what... Uh, what Xavier tells him before Logan leaves the bedroom. Yeah. Is like, this is, take a moment to see this. Yeah. This is what a family looks like. Yeah, like yeah. Having, and, and, and that scene, that whole sequence exists in my mind for that scene. I, but also just the, that was one of a few, but really the one that stuck out to me. It's like, just, just the, the kill, the violence in this particular part seems gratuitous and unnecessary. Uh, and, and, and combined with the fact that it's like, these are the only black faces you see on the screen. Yeah. That I mean, and, and you know, what's funny is now that I like listen to a lot more podcasts, like, like fan bros or like, you know, just, and you know, being friends with you, you guys, it's, it's, and, and my friend Eve and you know, other nerds, it's something that I might, that might not have stood out before, uh, you know, maybe five, ten years ago, and now it's just glaring. Yeah, that's it's just it's just like whoa, oh, yeah, no, 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 whoa! No. Don't you get it? Uh, us SJWs are going to ruin all media for you. That's what we do. <laughs> that's why we're, we're a conspiracy to ruin all media yeah, for of everybody. Course, of course. Yeah, we, of course. we are actually a wing of uh, MRAs, which is media ruining assholes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow! All right. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to talk about Rick and Morty, whether you want to or not. All right. I know I, you're I, looking I, one, one, phone, like one, you one more thing. I, I know you're looking uh, at your phone, going, beep, 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 "How much beep. longer are we going to do this podcast?" Yeah. The thing but is, I think we should end forever, can, Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Forever. <laughs> you are not allowed to leave. <laughs> Every time you come here, you realize you have you chance. Well, we've already been recording for over two hours. I just want you to know that. No, no we, can, we, we can discuss. Ask me if I give a fuck. We can discuss. <laughs> hey, do you give a fuck? No. All right. I think we should discuss little. Rick and Morty uh, and then call it a night. But I do want to bring up one more thing, uh, which I thought was cool. Which was number one. I have mixed feelings about them doing a Hellboy reboot anyway. Mm. Oh, the Ed Strine thing. The guy who they who they picked to play Hellboy, the guy from Stranger Things. I'm like, okay, that casting, I'm good with that. Uh, Ed Screen, like I thought was like and. The, the thing he wrote was actually, yeah. I thought was pretty classy. I thought it was great. Uh, did, did you know who they replaced that script? That's, I'll get to that. Yeah. I'll get to that. Uh, is, number one, I think it's a positive thing when an actor who is like a white actor just mm-hmm. like, 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 hey, I accepted this role. And then like actually did the research about who the character was and went, hey, I shouldn't have this role. Like, I'm going to yeah. step out of this. Uh, and as a character who in the comic books is of Asian American, like mixed Asian American yeah. yeah. descent, uh, I'm for some reason I don't want to get it wrong. 
and I know that it's what the, the name of the character I have in my head is actually wrong. So I'm not going to say, but just to say that, uh, Ed Screen was cast, he did his research, realized yeah. who the character was, just like, and then stepped down. Uh, basically, if you haven't seen what he wrote, you should see what he wrote, because it's very, it's a lot. Yeah, no, I read, I read it. It was a lot great. more, no, no, no a lot more eloquent than I'm phrasing it yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. He's basically saying, you know, I believe in representation and all that, yeah. and I believe that it was, you know, my responsibility, but whatever. Yeah, uh, totally. Read what he wrote, because it's, yeah, I'm explaining it badly. But, the... <laughs> The the clincher to that that makes the story even more positive, in my opinion, is the guy who's been tapped to now play that role is Daniel Day Kim. Yeah. Which and is I'm just like, woo! That's kind of also the person like in the APIA acting community, whenever you're like looking for like someone like buff and action oriented, like, yeah. could you not just cast Daniel Day Kim? <laughs> could you not just give him the role? How yeah, Daniel Day Kim. That's what made he's that so great. Here. That's what made that we so know fucking he's great. a great actor. Like it's him and the the dude who actually I follow on Twitter, uh, who I'm who was on uh, Lost, and I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Yeah. Uh, who is also another one? Mm-hmm. Who's like who's like here's the top of that? Who's number two or number three on that list? It's it's him. It's uh uh Louis uh Louis Tan. Yeah. And and this guy who's oh god I wish I could I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. He was on Lost. Can we look up his name? Because I'm just. Actually, you know, I didn't watch Lost. He was on Preacher to uh, his name will come to me uh, eventually, and I feel bad because uh, he's actually like responded to me with things on Twitter, and he, he seems a very so he's actually talked to you. You've had yeah, he's a very he's a very cool guy. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Oh, uh, God, it'll it'll come to me, um, and then I'll look it up. Okay, Pickle Rick. Sorry, bad right. bad transition, but. I mean, okay, look, we can talk about Pickle Rick if you want to, but, like, <laughs> I actually find Pickle Rick to be, like, it's not a bad episode, but it's weird, it isn't. That, it's, it's weird <laughs> that so many people, like, fixate Gl- on, glommed pickle, onto that, yeah, yeah. on Pickle Rick. Like, whatever. Like, okay, he's a pickle and it's an action movie. You know? what? what whatever. Um, I'm more concerned with the fact that, like, almost every episode this season has been like a horribly biting social commentary <laughs> yeah you, you didn't see the Ricklandics I did mix not up. yet yeah, the I people are saying it that it's the best episode of the series so far it is just a blatant commentary on racism and oppressive capitalism <laughs> Like, seriously. Fair. It, it, okay. It, it, it takes place... Clearly, I have to get to that sooner yeah, or later. Yeah, you do, and I'm going to spoil it for you because you're an asshole. Um, like, seriously, it takes place on the Citadel. Um, the, like, okay. They show, they show basically a whole society. Um, and, like, it, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic, you know? Like, it shows, like, the split between Ricks and Mortys as, like, two um, different, like, classes of people... And it shows that, like, uh, um, like it does a great job uh, um, commenting on racism because, like, everyone actually is genetically identical, and yet there's still oppression. You know? Okay. Like, it's just, it's just, it's fantastic. It is, it is such. An... Clearly, I fucked up. I should have watched this episode. You fucked up like crazy. Like this is the episode everyone's been talking about. This is the episode that they said took Rick and Morty. From, like, just being hilarious to being art, you know? Huh. And, I mean, like, it's also the episode that a bunch of, like, people are really butthurt about. But, like, um, it's it's fantastic. It's, 
I like, I like, like there was a part where I got like really emotional, um, in that in that last episode. Like it punches you right in the feels. Um, it's it's so it's so good. And like I don't know. Like here's the thing: you care about spoilers, so I can't say dick for dick about it. <laughs> it's, I, I, I I apologize. It's it's I don't apologize, but just, you know you, you I just, should apologize. Dude, you've never been sorry for anything ever. <laughs> Like <laughs> I've been sorry for a you, lot, you of especially you lately. You don't understand, Jamie. This episode, this episode, like fucked me up. Like it fucked up everyone I showed it to so <laughs> far. Like, like, and not fucked up in like, hey, you know, the Mad Max episode was fucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah, because that was a pretty fucked up episode. This this makes you look at yourself and look at the society we live in, and basically go be go like, yeah. We are hurting everyone every fucking day because, you know, we suck. We fucking suck. Right. Um, you know, like, like humanity has this desire to exploit each other. Right. You know, right. Um, and, you know, like, it's just, it, it's, it's horrible. Like, it's horrible. And, like, it, it was really brave because they usually, um, you know, it's Rick and Morty because they usually take the... Uh, the spin of nihilism on everything, you know. Right. Um, so to, although this season has had a weird, like, not. Well, it's been optimistic nihilist, which yeah, is yeah. different from like Arby's. Because like the uh, the uh, <laughs> Arby's nihilistic is not the, optimistic. The, uh, the uh, you know the I need the poisonous part of myself. Yeah. Episode. Uh, by the way, I'm a dick. He wasn't on Lost, as far as I remember. James Kaisen. Oh, me. he was on Heroes. That's why I'm. I'm yeah, that's why you don't all look the I'm same. Just so you know, <laughs> that's that's an you, you know what it was? I was mixing up two fine ass looking Asian not, men. I was mixing up Daniel Day You need to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> he was on Heroes. It's not like it's not like he's the Haitian who looks who looks different upon subsequent view. <laughs> yeah, that that to explain that inside joke is that and when we were watching Heroes when it was new. Angelo insisted that the Haitian was played by different actors every single time. And I'm like, no, dude, there's just one actor. I have no clue why I thought that. I have no clue why you thought that either, because he was definitely the same fucking guy. <laughs> like, I felt, I gotta admit, I felt kind of racist, but I'm not sure why I felt racist. <laughs> like, usually, the, usually the racism... Usually the racism is you think all of X race looks the same, but you think no. Every time I see this guy, I'm fairly certain he's a different person. I know. Which is <laughs> really I don't know if that's racist so much as you are bad with faces. Like that's actually a mental disability. Yeah, maybe I'm face blind. <laughs> that's that's face really blind. weird. Just to clarify, Matthew Fox was on Heroes, right? Matthew Fox. I'm just joking. Never mind. I have no idea who that is. I'm ashamed that I watched Heroes for so long. I did not watch the like reboot though. So yeah, that's no, I good. Didn't two seasons of Heroes was more than enough. You watched two? I thought we watched all four. Uh no, I stopped like three and a half. Like God, I'm four halfway seasons. through the third one was done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There were four seasons. Yeah, there, yes. I gave up halfway through season one. Mm-hmm. Season one was worth watching. Season one I thought was pretty cool. They they fired well you know they fired Jeff Lowe after season one and that's one of the reasons why it got so fucking terrible yeah like they just fire the people that know how to do the thing that I don't know I don't know why they do that but they do oh by the way before we get back to Rick and Morty just a thing about Bojack Horseman it's a a good (laughs) chunk of the uh, writer like the head writer or director on the episode women 
Oh shit. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um same deal for Rick and Morty, actually. Yeah. Like, you know, like a lot of their writing team right now is women, which is why Summer's getting a bigger role in, in stuff, you know. Also also a very interesting kind of great episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Also, just for the sake of the scene where just I enjoy, even though it's kind of like when you talk about characters, like we were talking about Bojack Horseman, where like the characters have a little bit of like they progress mm-hmm. in a certain way each season, is Rick has gotten slightly more, I want to say, conscious, maybe. Like, even though he's still Rick. Mm-hmm. The, where he takes uh, the uh, oh my god I'm, this is why we need the ending my brain is failing me mm-hmm. uh, the husband Jerry the Jerry episode yeah yeah he's still Rick but it's Rick like almost in his very Rick way trying to do a nice thing mm-hmm. uh, for selfish are, reasons are you saying that he's being Rickish <laughs> a little bit uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best. Uh, but also the fact that Morty has just gotten progressively more, like, disenchanted and become more... Like, rich. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that moment where, like, Summer and the, and, the, and her mom are having their giant skinless person moment. Yeah. And just Morty's just like... I forget what he says, but what he's saying to the dude... Uh, he's well, like, you, you made my sister cry. And, he, and he's like, you should sit down. Your s'more is burning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just the way he says that. Yeah. It's like, damn, Morty, okay? Once again, you really should watch this latest episode. It, it's What's fun. your whole conversation about Rick and Morty predicated oh, okay. on yeah, the it was fact... predicated on the fact that you watched the episode that, that literally the whole internet is talking about. Literally the whole internet? Literally the Last whole internet. Last time I checked, Angelo, I'm part of the internet, and I'm not talking about You're it. You're not part of the internet. You're part of the SJW conspiracy trying to take down the Look, internet. Look, the SJW conspiracy is the base of the internet, okay? <laughs> that might be the title of this episode. The SJW conspiracy is the base of the internet? <laughs> we are the most important oh, part of the internet. God damn it. Anyway... Uh, so if you guys haven't seen the Rick Lantis mix up, it's, it's, it's fantastic what episode. I'm going to watch when I get home. Yeah. Assuming I'm going home. Why is it called, <laughs> why is it called Rick Lantis? Uh, okay. Well, I guess I'm going to spoil this for Jamie now. Um, don't spoil it for Jamie. No, Save. I'm going to do it. Save uh, it. No, don't no, spoil do it. it for Jamie. I'm going to do it. Um, so. There's no need for that. I'm going to do it. Why? So, uh, the episode starts and Rick and Morty are le- like. We're gonna go on a, on on an adventure to the lost city of Atlantis, and then uh, another Rick and Morty step through a portal, asking them if uh, they want to donate to help rebuild the citadel. They're like, "No, we uh, blew it up." And they're like, "Oh, you're those guys, okay?" And they peace out. And Rick Rick is like, "Isn't it great that that will never have to be a part of our lives ever again?" <laughs> and then they go to go to Atlantis, and the rest of the episode doesn't focus on them at all. It just focuses on the. Uh, Citadel for the rest of the episode. Oh, um, it's okay. just a huge bait and switch, uh, and it's a fantastic bait and switch. Fair enough. Well, um, well, then. Yeah, it's not a huge spoiler. The huge spoiler comes at the end, of course. Um, like many episodes, yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know fantastic. Yeah, like it's also a political commentary. Uh, it's just it's just great. It's great. It's you're you're a political commentary. You're a political commentary. I am a political commentary. <laughs> All right. Political so, commentaries kill my parents. 
since Jamie is starting to waste away, uh, yeah. because we're so dumb, um, uh, I do kind of want to just say, uh, here are my, you know, dumb recommendations for yeah, things to go play, you know, slash watch. Um, <laughs> things that are coming out this month that are really awesome. Uh, if you're into fighting games, the new Marvel is out. When's Marvel? It's about a week, but it's not, probably not when this is actually coming out. But from yeah, when's Marvel? Right fucking now, yeah. baby! Right <laughs> yeah. now! Go out and buy it now! Um, so, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is coming out. Um, the new remake of Metroid 2 is coming out, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, the uh, um, Rampa V3 Killing Harmony, if you're really into like murder mysteries, is coming out. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I highly recommend it. Um, and Cuphead, of course, is coming out at the end of the month. And that's just for this month. It's a pretty good month. Uh, we're heading into holiday season. You're going to be seeing a lot of new games come out. You know, um, uh, apparently there's going to be a shortage of Switches for the holiday season. So get your get your hands on that if you can. Um, as far as uh, watching stuff, let's see. Other than Castlevania, which, you know, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I've Keep an eye out for the baby. There's a dead baby. You might not notice the first time. Wait, uh, what? There's, there's a, a dead baby. There's a demon carrying a dead baby in, in its mouth. And it's it's shot in Castlevania, and it's that's it's actually up. shot from far away, and that's why you don't realize. I didn't realize there was that a, is it was a baby. Super fucked up. <laughs> um, so, I didn't realize it was a baby. That's just kind of a spoiler, but like you, it's like one of those things. Is like the way they they frame that shot is from far away, so that's why I didn't notice it was a baby. And then and then like, that the is second, super. Yeah, fucked up. and the second time I was like, wait a minute, is that a fucking baby in the demon's mouth? It's like that's a fucking baby. Yeah. So um, I've also been Thanks watching more, uh, a bunch of new anime. <laughs> okay. Um, which you know, I, I think I've already recommended one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm going to say it again, just in case I haven't. If you haven't watched My Hero Academia, it is a fantastic show, um, and you really should watch it. My it's in my queue. I haven't Academia. actually watched it yet. Yeah. Yeah. I have been watching episodes of the One One Punch Man, and it's thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, if you like One Punch Man, watch Mob Psycho 100. I, uh, yeah. That's just conditioning. It's not even that strenuous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So um. So that's big. Uh, also, I've been watching some slice of life anime, which is surprisingly good. Um. In fact, I attempted to watch both of these because I wanted to watch bad anime. Yeah. <laughs> and then they turned out it was good. Like bad actually, anime. genuinely good. Um. The first is gamers. Okay. Uh, it's called Gamers, or actually it's called Gamers because there's a there's a uh, exclamation point at the end of it. Naturally. Um, but um, it's just a slice of life anime about how difficult life <coughs> is when you're a high school student and you have no idea where your life is going. Um, and okay. uh, it's about sort of like first relationships and trying to figure out your place in the world. And also gamers. Like, everyone there is a gamer. Um, is that on is, YouTube or is that... Oh, no, you told me about yeah. that. It's the anime. Yeah, you yeah. told me about this. Um, it, it, it's genuinely good. Like, it starts and it seems like it's just going to be some other Moe bullshit show. But, like, actually, it's genuinely heartfelt. It's well-written. Um, there's... Uh, 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 it's not exploitative toward women, which is surprisingly... Very surprising for anime. Um, right. You know, uh, it's just... It's a very well-written show. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it it ac accurately captures what shitbags high school students are. 
Um, and it accurately captures things uh, about gamers. I actually showed something to Justin once. There's a part where they go over like all the dumb newbie things people do in fighting in games. Fighting games yeah. And it's like really, really accurate. It's pretty great, yeah. Um, so yeah, I recommend that. Um, I think you, like if you're looking for a change of pace in your anime for something slice of lifey, it's probably the best slice of life I've seen in like 10 years. Um, okay, cool. And then, so... I'm more than a little ashamed that I'm watching this, but I have to stress, it's way better than it should be. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, a, a centaur's life, otherwise known as centaur worries, okay. um, is basically moe bullshit. Um, it is an anime about a world where people, you know, evolved to, instead of being human, ended up being animal people. Okay. Um, and it follows a bunch of schoolgirls in high school being cute. At first. Um, episode six or seven. Uh, so, it, basically, it, 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 it all uh it all starts this way and for a large portion of the first couple episodes it's just uh look at these cute schoolgirls. but then weird things start happening they really start ha focusing on uh like the world's politics and okay. like um the way society has evolved due to this and like um the way like other countries are act like like uh, the thing that made me go, whoa, was when they did, like, a whole episode about how America, because uh, this takes place in Japan, but, like, how America is at war with the Antarctican snake people. Okay. Who not only have, like, increased technology, but live in a mostly asexual, aromantic, matriarchal society. Um, and so our, our, like, there's, like, this war of ideals and war of resources going on between okay. them. And, like, and they kept, like, peppering in small parts of world building. Um, and then episode six or seven, like, just floored me because, like, episode, like, the first half of that episode was, like, four-armed frog person apartheid. And, like, the second episode, the second part of that episode was, like, this is what it was like in animal person, you know, Auschwitz. <laughs> Um, All right. like, like, with, with, like, really graphic violence and, like, you know, horrible, like, like, war torture scenes and, like, I, I know that this sounds like bullshit, but this has been one of the most artistic expressions of, you know, political strife and, and, and cultural oppression that I have seen Hidden underneath a vastly exploitative Moe bullshit show. Like, what it feels like is that there was someone on the writing team who had this deep commentary on our current society that they wanted to express. Okay. And um, they were signed on to this show. And, like, anytime their supervisor um, is not looking at them, they're, like, writing these, like harsh critiques of society and of the way that society oppresses, you know, uh, our current society oppresses uh, um, everyone, especially those who, the marginalized people. Um, and then 
whenever his supervisor turned around to look at him, it's like, hey, what are you working on? It's like, oh, nothing, just drawing a centaur girl in a bikini box, you know? Like, it's, it's the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. What in the what now? <laughs> you haven't been paying attention. I've been playing Hearthstone. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 like, it's the weirdest fucking thing so, I've ever so seen. So two things. What is the name of the show and where is it available? Um, it's on Crunchyroll. Okay. Um, it's called A Centaur's Life slash Centaur Worries. Okay. Um, it is honestly the weirdest thing I've ever watched and I can't stop watching. Would you describe this as delicious garbage? Oh, this is, this is... Here's the thing. Uh, exactly half of, half of it is garbage that I can't justify watching, and half of it is some of the most artistic expressions of cultural oppression I have seen in anime. Like, that's the thing. There's not a middle ground here. It's not like, you know, um, it's kind of a good show about these two things. Right. It is either, look at the centaur girl in a bikini, haha, <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it so funny they are schoolgirls, to... Uh, the, the, these people were hanged, you know, during World War II uh, because Germany thought that they were of an inferior race and the ripples from that have, have you know, cascaded down through time, affecting society since then, you know? Jesus. Like, it's, yeah, exactly! Like, we, we, watched, we watched this episode and, like, 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 me and a bunch of my friends were on the couch going, what the fuck is this show? What are we watching? Like, I'm not, I'm, uh, I, I recommend it. I can't say it's good. I could say half of it is good. Um, you're going to get to, like, points of it where you're like, oh, my God, they're just, like, hitting on each other, like, in an abandoned school, you know, telling... Hitting horror, on each other? Hitting on each other. Oh, like, God. in an abandoned school, you know, telling horror stories and stuff. And then it's like, oh, there are, you know, there's another country, you know, doing false flag operations off the coast of this country, attempting to exploit... Uh, the local people's religious nature. Sure, I guess that happened, you know? Isn't there, like, a really creepy scene as well? So, okay, there, there's a scene, um... This is, this is, like, hilariously where we were gonna stop and then we continued watching and then it got okay. good. Okay, because we really... I really do need to wrap up. I have other... I have to go. Other, hey, and hey, it's Jamie. gonna take a little time to hey, do Jamie. this. Hey, Jamie. Yes? Shut up. <laughs> uh, so um, um, there's this scene where uh, so the centaur girl um, in this world animals still exist so it's not like they're just centaurs they're okay. also horses right so um, the centaur girl when she's young um, goes to a farm um, and sees a horse's vagina um, Why do you feel the need to pronounce it that way? Uh, because it will creep you out. Oh. Um, and uh, gets really self-conscious because like other students in her class are like, is yours going to look like that when you grow up? And she's like, I don't know. And she has like serious sexual issues. And like that's like really fucked up. And, uh, <laughs> and that is strictly horrible. Uh, um, and she decides to get over these sexual issues with the help of her friends, by having all of her friends look at her vagina, and then her look at all of her friends' vaginas to show that it is fine. Yeah, I thought that was going a different direction. Uh, Alrighty. Um, and that whole episode, that whole, well, half of an episode, because each episode is cut into two plots, um, made me feel 
really uncomfortable. Um, especially at the point that her playful friend, you know, told her, you know, to hurry up and, like, yanked her pants down and, you know, basically sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that part wasn't great. That's and then, one of those, like, goddammit otaku moments. Mm-hmm. And then the next part of the episode, they went into the, like, war with America and the snake people. So, like, they knew they had to hook you right, back right, in. Right, right, You know, it is, it's basically approximately half of every episode is, you know, Moe bullcrap, and half of every episode is, my god, what the fuck is this anime? I can't believe they just did this. So, yeah. Yay! <laughs> I'm okay. recommending that. And gamers. They're and, good. And I, just two things quickly. If you, uh, I recently actually finished Sandman. Oh, cool. Uh, for the first time. And I will say, as people who've never read it before, it is definitely, at first, doesn't seem like it's as good as everyone makes it out to you. It's yeah, me. I read Preludes and Nocturnes, and I was like, this is all right, I guess. It is. The, the thing of it that is, it is, uh, the only other comic I can compare it to is Why the Last Man is that there's spances of it where you're like, why... I don't understand why everyone makes a big deal about this. And then you read the ninth volume, which is the Kindly Ones, yeah. where basically everything that happens in the Kindly Ones is because of, is the consequences of stuff that has happened in all the earlier So I have to issues. read eight fucking graphic novels before I like get to one that's good? No, 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 no. There are great parts of the other okay. ones, too. All but right. I, I will say, like, even, like, that first thing. Gotcha. Things that happen in that in Preludes and Nocturnes, when you get to the kindly ones, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. All right. That's um, amazing. And part of that is because in parts of the series, like Neil Gaiman didn't know what he was doing, uh, didn't hadn't figured it, and then he got to that last one. Is like, here's how I can make all this connect, and it's gotcha. fucking brilliant. And two is uh, uh, low brain wattage comedy. That is sci-fi that I actually really dig. People Earth. I would highly recommend. What People is that about? The alien uh, show. It's about an alien abduction like support group. Oh, neat. Uh, and then the first season, first couple of episodes of the first season, kind of sets it up that like, oh, these people might have actually been up to abducted, or they might just be hallucinating. And then like, I forget where in the first season, but they, they, it just is revealed that no, they they're not crazy. They've actually been abducted. Aliens are real. And, like, there's... The aliens have their whole, like... It's... Uh, have a whole, like, bureaucracy and everything. It's, it's comedy. It's definitely comedy. Oh, yeah. But but the, so, the choice really early on to just go, no, no, in this world, aliens are real. And co the cover-ups are all real. Uh, all the conspiracies are also real. And we're playing it for laughs. Fair enough. Is actually, like... Makes it really cool. Speaking right. of aliens, the thing that you guys should really listen to is Mac Rogers' uh, new uh, podcast slash radio play, Steal the Stars. Okay. It's by Tor Labs and Gideon Media Productions, and it's incredible. And you should absolutely, absolutely uh, watch and listen to it. It's about the story of two people who basically work at a privatized version of Area 51. And they decide to steal the alien that they've been guarding to break away from their old lives. <laughs> um, it's a noir story meets a heist film, and it's awesome. It's awesome. And it's free. Cool. Uh, one final thing from my end. Uh, Jamie. Yes? Um, 
since you said you might be going to Anime USA this year. Yes. Um, we might have a panel opening. Okay. Uh, would you be interested in uh, doing a Nerd Pro Pro Quo podcast in front of a live audience at Anime USA? I would love that. Uh, in that case, uh, keep in touch with me and you guys, uh, Nerd Pro Quo, Quo listeners, stay, uh, stay tuned to Nerd Pro Quo because that might actually happen and you might be able to see us shout about shit in the Washington, D.C. area in, de in December. Hooray! You know, the Washington, D.C. area is the best area in which to shout. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, where all the, that's where all the best shouting happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. We need to put this on a flash drive, because I still have yeah, more right. things that I have to do tonight. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do this very slowly, very slowly, give Tilda Swinton some extra listening time. <laughs> Tilda's like, those boys are so vulgar, but occasionally very funny. That was a great, great, great impression. Great no, impression. go suck a dick. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> 10 out. Take this back.